Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. It is Friday. We are heading into week four as the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Houston, hopefully with uh, less air travel time, less air emergency landing time. This week around as they face the Houston Texans, a quarterback that has taken the country by storm, the league by storm, and a defense that has been uh, surprisingly good enough, I would say, the last three weeks. However, there are some serious questions to the Texans offensive offensive line and uh, some gaps that, man, the Pittsburgh Steelers could just absolutely have a field day with. We'll dive into C.J. Stroud. We'll dive into the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, a Running back has hit the market or about to hit the market, the trade market, that is. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are reportedly interested. We'll dive into that, too, on top of keys to victory and our picks for week four. It is a uh, it's a it's a great day in the Berg, I got to say, but I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sick and tired of there not being any sun outside. I'm already over it. And uh, I would very much so like a 75 and sunny type of day. And I know I'm not going to get one till like June, but I'm uh, I'm ready for him. I feel oh, no, my keep, keep your hopes up. We I think we get like 80 degrees like next week or something like that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah but uh, no, this is my my roommate was telling was talking to me about that like we we were coming home from somewhere and he was like uh one of his coworkers at work said to him like yeah, it's really gray out today. Unfortunately, it's going to be like that for the next 6 months or something like that. And he was like, "Why would you say that? Why would you say that to me right now?" That that terrible. just bums me out. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, you know. Like I'm I love it. I love it. I've been telling my fiance every day she comes home. She's like, oh, it's so beautiful outside. I'm like, dude, it's freezing cold. Okay. It hasn't, there hasn't been sun all day. It rains every three hours. This is not fun anymore. I enjoyed it for a day. I enjoy it on Sundays without the rain. The rest of it. No, I'm, uh, I'm ready to, I'm ready to move on before we dive into some news and notes. Got to, got to address uh, the big elephant in the room here as we are on Friday. We took a serious L on Wednesday. Um, I don't know if anybody's read the YouTube comments, from Wednesday's episode, but man, nobody, and I mean nobody in Pittsburgh or in Steeler Nation agreed with us. And you know, you gotta you gotta acknowledge those things. Do I, you know, do I go back on anything I said? No, I still firmly stand on the Mike Tomlin may have screwed up a little bit. But with that being said, sometimes you gotta say that you gotta acknowledge, man, dude, you uh you really took a giant L there. Really, we really, really, really took a 
took a giant L on on Wednesday. Uh, did you enjoy it? I uh, got to say it was it was a great mental health day. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I enjoy it. Like you said, like, I don't take back anything I said. Like, I, no, no, no one has to agree with us. Um, and no one like this was a little bit of not not media whining, but like this was a very oh, media specific yeah. problem. And, and I understand why no one no one would care outside yeah. of if you're not actually in the media, I can understand why you wouldn't care about it. So, you know, you I, we gave our honest opinion, your thoughts, people didn't agree. That's what you do. You move on. That's uh, it, it was it was very uh, very quick. We very quickly noticed. We were like, oh man, okay, yeah, no, that was us. We were the only ones that uh, we're the only ones that care. The whining definitely uh, loved everybody who called us a little bitch in the comments. That was I was sometimes we would be like, hey man, I love your stuff. We listen all the time. You sound like a whiny little bitch in this one, and I was just like, oh, okay, okay. So you just kind of negated everything you said with that first part, with that second part. Yeah, He's but I appreciated really- it. Like sometimes you got to called out. Sometimes, you know, in a in a fun loving way. I'm always I'm always down to take an L, and we took an L on Wednesday, but we won't do that today. Hopefully, we're gonna try our hardest not to. We'll start with some news and notes. T.J. Watt wins Defensive Player of the Month the fourth time. He's won it. Throughout his career, he's got six sacks so far this season. He's on pace to break the record. There is a one-to-one odds, one-to-one odds on betonline.ag for TJ Watt to break the single-season sack record. That is unheard of right now. He's still second in uh, Defensive Player of the Year running behind Micah Parsons, which I'm okay with as long as it's not Miles Garrett. Like, if it was Miles Garrett doing four-and-a-half sacks and almost nothing against the Pittsburgh Steelers and – TJ Watt was behind him. I'd be like, okay, what are we doing here? But Micah, I'm okay. You know, Micah's having a good season. It is what it is. Six sacks, defensive player of the month. I mean, the big question right now, before we even dive into Houston, like, is the single season sack record a real thing here? Could we, like, it's week four. We've talked about it every single week. Like, at what point do we start, like, talking about it like it's realistic? Oh, now. Like, right now. Like, what? I don't know know why we have to wait. Like, this guy is on pace and not just, like, on pace, but on pace to shatter it like not even it won't even be close if he if he keeps this up he probably but like so part of me is like you know this is a ridiculous pace like how can he keep it up like that that's not likely but i don't know he's getting he's already getting chipped and double teamed every play like this he's already getting slowed down in every possible way that you know a, a offensive line or an offensive coordinator can imagine to slow him down and i don't know it hasn't worked no one's really found a solution. So unless you're going to start sending, you know, two offensive linemen and a running back at him every play, he's going to, he's going to continue to get his. And it, it also does help that he has, you know, a million different threats on the defensive line that you yeah. can't, you can't leave alone either. Yeah. That's uh, I asked D'Amico Ryan's or D'Amico Ryan's was asked. I had to ask him about Ke- Kendrick green, obviously. Um, <laughs> but D'Amico Ryan's was asked this week about TJ Watt and his response was, yeah, it's uh, it's almost like unfair that him and Alex Highsmith are on the same team. I think that's where we are in the TJ Watt era is this is the scariest like Bud Dupree. Cool. Bud Dupree was awesome. Having Alex Highsmith on the other side of you is a complete game changer, especially this week. And we're going to dive into it here in a second. But when you get an offensive line that is weak on one side, you you can't let, you can't do things to help that side because then you leave TJ Watt left alone and at that point what are you doing like you you're just going to tell CJ Stroud or whoever hey bud look it 
we drafted you with a little bit of athleticism. This week, you're going to have to use it, okay? Because TJ Watt, guy's fast, guy's smooth, and he's powerful, and he's going to hit you. So just try your hardest to avoid him because we can't, we can't help him. We can't, we can't give our right tackle any chance at all to uh, stop this guy. Yeah, I think it's I, – I thought it was a little early, to be honest with you. I thought it was a little early in the season. But hearing you say that now is the time, I kind of – I feel differently. I feel better about – about the situation just because dude, if it was like four sacks and you're like, okay, averaging like a, like a sack, sack and a half a game, whatever. Cool. Six sacks in three weeks is just, and like on top of that, he's got two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. I think it's like four pass deflections and a touchdown. The man is ridiculous. (laughs) Like this is, this is a season. Um, This is definitely a season. Let's talk about how this week is going to get even scarier. The Houston Texans, uh, they lost Laramie Tunsil, which, you know, probably the, one of the best left tackles in football. Thoughts and prayers to him. Josh Jones also goes down throughout the week, which means that the Houston Texans are about to rely on a man named Austin DeCullis. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. We'll figure that out on Sunday. His name will be mentioned a million times in the broadcast. Why? Because he's about to start at left tackle after being elevated from the practice squad this week to face Alex Highsmith in an offensive line that already features a rookie center in Jarrett Patterson and then a starting guard in Kendrick Green. It is, uh, it's, it's tough times for the Houston Texans and for C.J. Stroud's great times for the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line. I mean, how bad is this going to get? It's going to be real ugly. Um, well, I mean, so it's kind of, we'll talk about C.J. Stroud in a second, but yeah. it will... CJ Stroud's gonna be running for his life. What he does with that, I have no idea because this guy can clearly move and like I- I've heard him described. There was this one like podcast I listened to like before the draft. They described him as a problem solver. Uh, oh, that's a good one actually. Yeah, just a guy who like takes a takes a shitstorm and makes the most out of it. Um yeah. And I think that's a really good description of him. And I think that he can, you know, to take a shitstorm and, and make something good out of it. But he is going to be running around all day um his receivers are gonna have to help him out his his running backs are gonna help him out, have to help him out but this this will this will get ugly like pretty quickly um whether that results in in like the difference there's a difference between you know that resulting in sacks or tfls yeah. or things like that um or just regular old incompletions because cj shroud is is amazing and he can get out of pressure like that but um yeah no there's i, I mean i don't think they'll be able to run the ball like at all no, like, no. And I don't think they've had much success running the ball this season. I don't know what Damian Pierce's stats are. I'll look them up. But I, I as I a mean, fantasy owner, they're not they're not crazy like he, <laughs> he they're not very, they're not what you would. That's hope how you know. Have. That's how you know. That's not where the yeah, that's not where you want them to be. That's uh, and that's the thing is, if you're not going to run the football against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you got to drop back to pass. If Kenny Pickett and company could could give a lead or an early lead, you just put the Houston Texans in that worst case scenario moving forward because i mean like what do you just like we said what are your options like you got to look at this and go okay look at we'll just double team we'll help to call us out we'll give we'll, damian pearson a tight end or whoever will always have a chip going on his side now you're just going to leave i think it's shaq mason on the other side there you're gonna you're just gonna drop the right tackle and say mm, you know You'll be fine with TJ Watt because that's worked out so well this season. No, that's not what you're going to do. So you're either going to you're either going to leave a practice squad guy against Alex Highsmith or one on one with TJ Watt 
And then you haven't even touched the middle of the field yet. Like Keanu Benton is a real human being who is really progressing rather quickly. And this guy is, I mean, sorry, Jarrett Patterson, good guy, met him at the senior bowl, wish him all the best in the NFL. He's not stopping Keanu Benton. He's not stopping Montrevious Adams, who has been a monster the last two weeks. And then you're telling me Kendrick Green and Larry Ogunjobi, that's an even split right there. That's uh, that Kendrick Green's going to be the guy. The guy couldn't even make a fullback spot in Pittsburgh, and they don't have a fullback. They went fullbackless this season, and Kendrick Green couldn't make the roster. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what their uh, what their top stats are, sacks are this season. I think it's six in a game. You think there's a chance we get double digit sacks here? Oh. No, that's no, that'd be crazy, right? Like that. Would it be? Would it be crazy? That would be crazy. CJ, that would be- just just to just to bring some reference into this, you know, um, he has been sacked eleven times this season. Wasn't sacked last week, which is big against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you know, I don't know many people on the Jaguars offensive line, but they have Josh Allen. They have uh, what's his name, who was the first pick in the draft two years ago, or the second pick in the draft two years uh- ago. Trayvon, no, not Trayvon Walker. Yeah, Trayvon yeah, Walker. Yeah, right? Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker. So they have they have names. They definitely have names. Um, two weeks prior, or the week, yeah, the week prior against the Indianapolis Colts, six sacks against the Baltimore Ravens in week one with Laramie Tunsil and a strong offensive line, five sacks. So you're telling me they can't come up with four more in, uh, with the people that they have, you you know, we haven't even mentioned Elijah Riley coming off the edge, Desmond King, yeah, Desmond King trying to make his return to Houston. I talked to him yesterday. That guy's itching. He's like, yeah. dude, I, I've been texting guys and all week they've been like, this is going to be, you're not even going to talk to us before the game. He's like, Hey bro, just another game. It's just another game. I'm like, no, it's not. This is, this is a, this is your game. You're about to go off in this game. Um, yeah, Cause he also didn't play against, has he like played yet? He, like, he, I mean, he, Lined up as a kick returner, but I don't even think he got a kick return last week. He will get them again this week, and I think that is 100% just Mike Tomlin going, yeah, this guy about to be a dog in his return to Houston. Like, that's uh, that's what's going to happen. But this is what I'm saying. Like, we haven't even mentioned those guys. Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander, Landon Roberts, like, DeMarvin Leal. Like, how many guys could get a sack? All right, so what's your over-under then? What's your over-under? Um, Probably, like, six and a half. Like, I think six and a half is a good, like... Cause I don't know, like ten sacks is a lot of sacks. A lot of like, sacks, like especially if this gets out of hand real quick, like you know, you know what I mean. Like I don't, I don't think at a certain point they will not stop throwing, but they will. If if they're down by enough, they're just gonna run the ball, get out of here. Like let's not. So I I don't know, just ten ten sacks. That's a lot. When's the last time <laughs> someone had ten sacks in a game? Like I don't know. It's got to be. I don't know if the Steelers have ever even had 10 sacks in a game. I don't know anybody who who has had 10 sacks in a game. But, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to put uh, – so, like, just think about it. Like, okay, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're up they're up 21 points or something. Mike Tomlin pulls T.J. Watt. He pulls Alex Highsmith, which Alex Highsmith isn't going to get pulled. He's too young. But T.J. Watt might get pulled. Oh, man. Marcus Golden and uh, – oh, why am I yelling? Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig, they're not – Yeah. You know, they're not going to do anything against Austin DeCullis. Yeah. Yeah. And also I, um, you know, it's some brilliant point that I was going to make, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I forgot completely about Nick Herbig. Like he might still just, just go insane with the second team. Like it's, 
Um, I think. Oh, I think the more interesting question is is that just like how many oh, the Eagles? Thank you, Nick. The Eagles, the Eagles had Eagles. ten sacks against the Jets in twenty nineteen. Thank you, Nick. Um, it's not I that think, long ago. Yeah, that isn't. Um, I I think the more interesting question is that one about like how many different guys are going to get a sack. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Because I think if they get seven, if they get like seven or eight. I, they'll all be from like different guys. Like maybe one, maybe one person has two. Maybe TJ has two, but then the rest of them, it's like one each. Yeah, like I agree. Who do you think you're adding to that list? Who? Do you think, what, what do you? So Alex Highsmith. That's Alex Highsmith. Yep. The, so Alex Highsmith, TJ. Uh, I think Keanu Benton has one. Oh, okay. Uh, I think Herbig eventually gets one. Oh, all right. I like that one. That's four. Um, who else? Plays defensive uh, line. Larry O against Kendrick Larry, Green. Larry O. Yeah, Larry yeah. O. We're at five. Um, one of the linebackers does. So let's say let's just go with Quan. You know, Quan's Quan, chasing like down one. CJ Stroud as he's scrambling out. Uh, I like that one. We're at six right now. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm saying Desmond like... King. I'm saying Desmond King gets a sack. Okay. One throw... of the nickels, but I'm gonna guess it's Desmond King. Okay. Throw Desmond King in there. And then like probably DeMarvin uh, Leal, maybe? No, that that one doesn't feel right to me. <laughs> Um. Uh, and Marcus Golden. Did I say Marcus Golden? Oh no, Marcus Golden. You're oh yeah, Marcus all Golden. Four outside linebackers. Guess oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. All Marcus right. So Golden. you're at eight. Marcus Golden you're... is. Marcus Golden's been good. really good. Yeah. yeah, he's been stud. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to say that. He's definitely been a stud. We're at eight right now. Nobody's got two sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Possible. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think I think a bu- I mean, some of those are more likely than others, but I think there is going to be. It's going to be a diverse attack. You know, like they're yes. going to be a bunch of guys getting involved. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be like I like I'm all about defensive football, like all about defensive football, as long as that's the defensive football. You know what I mean? Like I could care less if the score is if the score is like six to three and it's just like a bunch of boring three and outs. Dumb. Nobody wants to watch that. But if it's if the score is like nine to or like 21 to three or something, because one defense just absolutely demolishes the other team. I'm all about that life. Like if the Pittsburgh Steelers find the quarterback 10 times in this game, that is a game that you want to watch just because you're like, wow, dude, I don't think CJ Stroud could stand up anymore. This is awful. And uh, that's like, that's good defensive football. Everybody's like, oh man, love good defense. Run the football. No, you're not watching football for the right reasons, man. Go. I want excitement. I want the, I want the heart pumping a little bit, you know, I want to yell just once, once or twice. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I think interceptions are more fun. Like I oh, love interceptions. Game. Cool. Interceptions are cool too. I love a game where both quarterbacks throw for 500 yards and three picks. You know, that's, that's my kind <laughs> three of three picks. Yeah. What's the final score of that game? Uh, it's only like 24 to 21 or something because everyone gets into the red zone, like, you know, 10 times, but yeah. they throw like a pick in the red zone or something. See, like that. I like that. I don't mind that one. I don't mind that one. You want to know what I did mind that one last night in the, uh, in the Lions game because I had Ooh. Jared Goff over one and a half touchdowns. And uh, yeah, it's tough. David yeah. Dirty. David Montgomery, what a criminal criminal, man. Criminal as somebody who drafted Jameer Gibbs early. I'm playing against fr- him in, in two. In two yeah. Weeks. Well, good. Good for you, man, because he's going to ride the rest of the season on my bench and I'm not going to be able to get rid of him because I just, I, I believe in him, but David Montgomery is not this good. He's just not this good. This is, uh, I don't want. I don't want to get too distracted or too fired up because I might. I might blow a blood vessel or something. That's how. It was a bad night. It was a bad night in the Strackbine household. Let's move on, but stick with the the uh, Houston Texans offense. C.J. Stroud, biggest name that the Steelers will face this week. We talked about him a little bit. The big question here: This guy 
has yet to throw an interception. Uh, he's got 906 yards, four touchdowns this season. He's completed 64% of his passes. I mean, uh, in all accounts, he has uh, emerged very quickly onto the scene for the Houston Texans and in the NFL. Is he the best quarterback that the Pittsburgh Steelers have faced this season? Does he match up to Jimmy G and Deshaun Watson and Brock Purdy? And is he uh, is he possibly better only three games into his career? Well, he's certainly the most talented. And I think the most impressive thing is that this, this is a decent supporting cast. You know, yeah. like like Nico Collins and Tank Dell's come a long way and, and Damian Pierce, obviously. But like this is... This is not the most talented roster. This is far from the most talented offense in the NFL, and he is yeah. he's making it work. Um, he's really impressive. Uh, so I would say certainly the most talented. I think Jerry's still kind of out because, I mean, when you say best, like, yeah, that's tied to most talented. So I guess in, in that sense, for sure, like he's definitely more talented than Brock Purdy. I would I would probably not Deshaun Watson, but like, look, Deshaun Watson Yeah, but Watson what Deshaun not, Watson's done, yeah. Right. Right, right, right. So I, I, I'm co- I'm pretty comfortable saying this is the guy. This is the quarterback performing at the highest level entering their game against the Steelers. You know. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I think that this quarterback in his own poses a bigger threat than anybody the Pittsburgh Steelers have seen this season. I won't say. I think that the San Francisco offense as a whole, with Brock Purdy as their quarterback, was the biggest threat that the Steelers might face all season long, but. Just if you were just going to narrow it down to a quarterback, I'm giving C.J. Stroud the edge over Brock Purdy. The guy is ridiculous. All I've heard all week long is how fast he gets the ball out, how aware he is of the defense, how confident he is, and how this guy, a guy who I think coming into the league, like there were some serious questions about, oh, you know, does C.J. Stroud have the like mental capacity to make this work? Like, yeah, I heard that a number of times from people being like, Nah, the Bryce Young, he's not as smart as he doesn't have the IQ of Bryce Young. All I've heard this week is how smart CJ Stroud is, how aware he is on the football field and how like this guy has it down. Like he'll, he knows where he's going first. He knows how quickly he has to go to his second read and he knows how quickly he has to go to his emergency option in his third read. And that is for two things. One makes it very difficult to sack a quarterback and two, I mean, it makes life difficult for everybody involved, especially when you have guys like Nico Collins, who's, you know, able to catch a big body. And then Tank Dell, who's just explosive and has, you know, almost Calvin Austin type speed out there uh, on the outside, uh, who has emerged onto the scene the last two weeks himself. So I agree. I think that it's up there. Do you think it's like, is it a worry? You know what I mean? Like is, is not having an offense as a whole, but having a good quarterback who's this young and a really bad offensive line, like does it make you weary at all for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um. Well, I, I think the the thing that worries me is okay. We talked about that that offensive line. How yeah, we think the Steelers are going to completely completely eat. But uh, I mean, the fact that the guy was able to avoid a sack completely last week, like he was definitely running for his life as well. This guy is so good off schedule, like running out of the pocket, making things happen, and then like yeah. you said, being smart with the football, getting it out when he needs to. That worries me a little bit because you know. It's it's one thing to get past the offensive line, but if you have a quarterback who is so talented at finding lanes and and won't make you know dumb mistakes under pressure, uh, or won't make mistakes just period under pressure, uh, that's tough because you know it's it's it, pressure is supposed to make things happen. You know, yeah. like it is supposed to make 
especially young quarterbacks fold. And if the guy, this guy's just not folding in the face of pressure, like then that kind of neutralizes your, your pass rush to a certain extent. Yeah. And that's the only part that worries me is, is okay. Yeah. We know we'll be able to get pressure, but what happens after we get pressure is kind of an unknown. And we don't, we've never seen CJ face this kind of pressure before, uh, but we have seen him face some and he hasn't blinked at all. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it, it becomes more of a challenge for Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace and Joey Porter Jr. to kind of shut, shut these guys down, not giving me easy options. I think that was the biggest, like, I think, I think the Steelers would have got to Jimmy G like a hundred times if they didn't, if he didn't get the ball out so quickly. And because of that, that was just because his wide receivers were so good against the Steelers corners. If you're able to shut those guys down, which I think Nico Collins and Tank Dell are obviously a much easier matchup and all respect to both of them, but are a much easier matchup than Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. And I think if you're able to keep those guys limited and not give C.J. Stroud the ability to just always find an instant target, the Steelers are going to eat, and it's going to get, you know, he hasn't been in a situation like that yet this season because week one he was dealing with pressures, but the whole offense was kind of coming into its own. You had had injuries, and the Baltimore Ravens are the Baltimore Ravens. Week two, I kind of viewed it as the same thing. Like, you were still kind of finding your own, kind of gelling with these guys. Week three, T- Tank Dell bursts onto the scene. Nico Collins bursts onto the scene. C.J. Stroud explodes. The offensive line holds up. Like you make some plays, and it makes it life much more difficult for the defense. I, I think the Steelers have a the Steelers secondary has a a challenge on their hand. I don't want to say it's a big challenge, but they're gonna do they're gonna do just as much for the pass rushers as the pass rushers are gonna do for them this week. And I think uh, I think that's pretty pretty significant. Yeah, I mean, so like by you know, in the same vein that this is the best quarterback the Steelers have faced this year, this is the best defense that Stroud has faced this year by yes. a pretty healthy margin. So, you know, it's going to be a step up for everyone. I think everyone's going to be, you know, on both sides, people are going to be challenged by some new stuff because this is also, I think, a style of it's it's interesting that like Stroud is like a drop back passer that yes. also has like his mobility, but not mobility to. You know, it's not like Deshaun Watson mobility. I don't think. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. the same thing. It's 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 Kenny Pickett mobility. It's it's there if you need it, but he doesn't utilize it. Yeah. you know. Yeah, and it's mobility to make throws, not mobility to you know run downfield or whatever. Yep, yep. It's a totally different situation, which is equally as dangerous. But I I know what you're saying. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree 100. percent All right. Before we come back with keys to victory in our picks for Week Four, there is a uh, there's a pretty uh, significant headline that has made its way to the city of Pittsburgh this week. And uh, one that, I mean, take it as you will, man. Take it, take it as you will. Uh, Destin Adams, a Indianapolis and Indianapolis Colts reporter for A to Z sports has released a list of seven teams, I believe who have made it known that they are interested in running back Jonathan Taylor. Now I will read this list off. This is straight from Adams. He is, he was given a list in his story. He just straight up says, I was given a list. Here's the list of teams who are interested and have expressed interest in Jonathan Taylor. Those teams include the Miami Dolphins, the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Washington Commanders, the Buffalo Bills, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have heard time and time and time and time again that the Pittsburgh Steelers will not bench Najee Harris for Jalen Warren. It is not going to happen. 
Najee is their guy, and they believe in Najee Harris. Unless your name is Jonathan Taylor, apparently. But I think we uh, we both smiled and laughed a little bit when we got this report and knew that we had to talk about it. Your thoughts? Uh, I mean, do you believe any of it? Do you think that this is... I, I'm not going to shoot down Destin's report, but do you believe any of it? You know, expressed interest, I think, is doing a lot of heavy lifting here um, because that could be as much as, like, a phone call, right? Like, that's like, hey, theoretically, what what would this take, you know? Um, but I don't I, – I can't anticipate this This has or would ever kind of advance past the exploratory, like, theoretically, what would, what would it take for us to yeah. – for you to give them up to us because – I mean, it's not just the Steelers on this list. That a couple of these teams look real iffy um, because, yeah, just the Steelers are very, very comfortable with their running back situation. Jonathan Taylor would be an upgrade, but are you willing to part with like a first round pick and more for Jonathan Taylor? Who, how much does he raise the ceiling of your offense? You know? None. Let's just be realistic. It's none. It's right. not. There's nothing Jonathan. And Jonathan Taylor's a stud. Don't get me wrong. But there's nothing Jonathan Taylor does to the Pittsburgh Steelers offense that you can't find in a combination of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. You know, and I'm not saying either one of those guys are, are Jonathan Taylor. I'm just saying, you know, a running back, that guy, he's not going to do enough. You know, he's just not going to. We talked yesterday or Wednesday about Patrick Sertan and. Like, oh, man, I'd give up a first-round pick. Like, if the same asking price is there for Jonathan Taylor, I'm not giving up a first-round pick for Jonathan. I'm not even thinking about it. Like, what do yeah. you – the rule of thumb in the NFL right now is you do not pay guys who play the running back position major money. Why? Because you could find them everywhere. You want to know who, like, the most successful running backs in the league right now are? Guys that we don't know of. Guys that we don't know where they were drafted. Outside of Nick Chubb. It's like a, it's a bunch of guys, and I guess B. John Robinson. There's a bunch of guys who are just like, yeah, well, this guy, you know, I don't, I don't remember him getting drafted. You want to know why? Because it was like the fifth round, and the guy was just came out of nowhere. That's just what the NFL is filled of, or your Jalen Warren or whoever. It's just, you know, you're not going to break rule of thumb because uh, here's another one. Nick just tossed Devin. I think it's Acne, Ochney, whatever his name uh, is in Miami. Yeah, A-chain. shout out to him. Uh, also supporting the fantasy football team, but that's what I'm saying. Like. There are all these guys in the NFL running back is so replaceable. You're not giving up a first round pick and you're not giving up a first round pick when you already have two starting caliber running backs. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, just Jonathan Taylor doesn't even add any kind of different dimension to this team. Like it's not, Oh, we, you know, we have a bunch of like tiny uh, fast backs and we need like a power guy who can, no, that's like not what this is. This is, this doesn't just add, this doesn't add anything new to to your offense, and especially like and then and then on top of considering how much you would have to give up, it just doesn't doesn't really make sense at all. No, no zero uh, zero sense. I could I, I could uh, pretty firmly stand on the the Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to trade for Jonathan Taylor case, and without having any sources, feel pretty confident in my uh, in my guess there, in my educated prediction, educated guess. Um, that, that just, uh, that just, uh, do you, do you think that like, do you think there's a position on offense? The Steelers would even realistically consider trading for this season. Um, 
Maybe like an offensive, maybe another offensive lineman, like a guard or something. Um, Who are you training guard for? Isaac Ciamalu or James Daniels? And like, I could see like replacing Mason Cole, but like, who are you gonna like? Who are you gonna replace Mason Cole with? Like, you're gonna call Kansas City? Be like, hey, is Creed Humphrey available? <laughs> it, you know, like is Philadelphia giving up with Jason Kelsey? Like, I just don't. You know, like yeah. offensive yeah, linemen no, don't I get just... traded like that, and I feel like nobody else. Like, you're not replacing George Pickens. Yeah, I mean that's the only one is other one is receiver. Um, but I don't even know. Like, like th- that's a similar thing with. Okay, you're gonna trade for someone who is an obvious enough upgrade that you would want to give up some assets for it. You know. Yep. Wouldn't wouldn't make any sense. I don't think an offensive trade is even. It's and that's like crazy to say for an offense that struggles. Yeah. As much as the Steelers' offense does, like there's not a place in it where you say. Eh, you got to go find an upgrade right now immediately. Like the offensive line, maybe, but like I said, like when was the last time we were sitting there and like a, a top tier center or not a top tier left tackle was traded mid season. Like I don't have any of that come to mind. None. That, that just, that just doesn't, that just doesn't happen. But Jonathan Taylor, uh, have fun in Miami. Yeah. Right. Like I hope, I hope wherever you do end up all the best. It's not going to be Pittsburgh, and uh, I could almost, I could almost guarantee that one. So be would be. All right, let's go back to the game here. Finish it off. Keys to victory. Houston Texans. Week four, one o'clock game. I don't. I think their stadiums like N NRG Stadium. Yeah, NRG Stadium. What you see happening? How do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers pull this one off? Well, I think you touched on it a little bit earlier, but these corners, the secondary, really has to hold up. Um, it's. It was touch and go a little bit against the against the Las Vegas Raiders, but this is a significantly easier challenge. And yep. we talked about how we know the offensive line is going to be porous. The defensive line is going to get there. The pass rush is going to get there. But you've got to do your job on the back end. And and that's they don't have to hold up for very long. They don't. They don't. Like they've got to hold up for a few seconds while CJ Stroud is getting sacked. And then and then you're golden. Like it's this is going to be a game where uh, you should be able to walk away from it like, oh, the secondary played really well too. Like, mm-hmm. And then you can kind of look into it and be like, ah, oh, well, they got some – like they didn't have to do a whole lot. But I don't want to have to worry about the secondary at all this week. And I think that's how you you stomp this this game out and you you make this a, a laugher as quick as possible is you, is you don't give an inch on defense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think that the secondary – just has like such a good opportunity to kind of shut up a lot of critics and just say like, Hey, look at this defense is fine. And against good offenses. Yeah. We're going to have our hiccups, but we're fine. Like we're, uh, we could beat any mediocre offense, any, any middle of the pack team in the NFL. And there's really no worries there. Um, I agree. That is huge. I, I feel like there are, are very minimal keys to victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game, just because I, I just think this is just such an easy game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, even if the Houston Texans are coming off a big win and people are going to say trap game. I think it's hard to have a trap game when your team's not that good. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers could be great, but they're they're just not right now. They're they're, they're still one. getting there. Yeah, they're two and one. They're they're in a really good spot, like a really, really good spot. And I think they have the building blocks to get to where they want to go, but I just don't think they're a team that's gonna fall for trap games right now. So I'm gonna go with a little bit of a a different take here, a little bit of a, a prediction, I would say. I'm saying my key to victory is that Kenny Pickett leads this team to a dominant win. And I'm talking Kenny goes off. Um, 
300 yards. This could be the first game Matt Canada's offense has 400 yards in a game. And I'm not guaranteeing it, but I'm saying that there's a there's a really strong possibility. I'm saying Kenny's got a 300-plus game, maybe. George Pickens got a touchdown. Calvin Austin gets a touchdown. Pat Fryermuth maybe gets a touchdown. Multiple touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, this is a Kenny Pickett is here, this is happening type of game. I don't know if it carries on for the whole season. I kind of have a hard time saying that it does, but I'm saying right here, this is the performance that just says, Look at everybody who is just hating on knowing Steven because they wanted to bag on the offense a little bit. It, it's justified. Kenny Pickett said, go ahead, have another free week. And I think that that's, that'll be well-earned, but I'm thinking Kenny goes off. I just, I I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling this is the week that Kenny, uh, Kenny find finds like a, a crazy rhythm, crazy rhythm. Yeah. I mean, last week was the first time in his career he'd thrown for multiple touchdowns. He, I could absolutely see him keeping that streak alive. Um, that's a good one. I, I like that because I think, I think even if this game is close, it's going to be close in a shootouty type of way. You yeah, know? it's not going to be a, not going to be like you know, six to three going into the fourth quarter. No, yeah. no, no. It'll be a, it'll be a CJ Stroud, Kenny Pickett, and duel. I think the, the last two. Oh no, Young went first. I was ah oh, damn. That would have been a good storyline. Yeah, would have been a good story. First round, last two first quarterbacks. Um, yeah. Yeah, nah, that they do. They don't even play Carolina. Stroud isn't our uh, Bryce isn't even playing. I don't think right yeah, now. Yeah, he, yeah, he's got like an ankle injury or something. Yeah, something going on. But I, I think it could be a battle. I think it could be a duel. I think a lot of people are talking heading into this game. There's like a debate going on on Twitter about, oh, is uh, is Kenny Pickett better than C.J. Stroud or is C.J. Stroud better than Kenny Pickett? I'm not gonna put my two cents in there. All I'm gonna say is, I think Kenny Pickett wins a duel if there's a duel this week, and I feel uh. I feel pretty confident in that one. All right. It's time. For the first time all season long, the Pittsburgh Steelers enter a game as favorites. It took four weeks, but it has finally happened. They are two and a half point favors over the Houston Texans in Houston on the road, which makes that a little bit more wild. Like the the Cleveland Browns come to Pittsburgh, still underdogs. The Raiders, who looked garbage going in to week three, Still underdogs. Now their favorites on the road in Houston. One o'clock game, D'Amico Ryans versus Mike Tomlin. Kenny Pickett versus C.J. Stroud. T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith versus Austin DeCullis and company. What you got here? What's your uh, what's your prediction? I'm a big fan of the Texans. I like what they, they are building down there. I think Ryans is a good coach. Uh, I think C.J. Stroud is good. Nico Collins is my fantasy baby. I love him. Uh, <laughs> but this is not... I think for I think we went through this before the before the show started, but the Steelers have only won a game by a more than two scores, so nine or more points. Uh, I think th- twice, twice over, last season, twice last season. I think they do it again this time. I'm going to go twenty-eight to sixteen. I think all the stuff Ooh. we talked about ends up happening. I I'm I'm my jump on that Kenny Pickett at least you know over like two hundred and fifty. I don't think he's surpassed two hundred and fifty yards this maybe year. ever in his career. Uh, no, because he threw for like 300 yards against the Bills. Uh, the true, true, yeah. true. But he also true. had like three picks. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think he, I think he goes at least over 250. Um, I like that 300 number. I think the the defensive line gets there for a bunch of sacks, and the the Texans add like a, a, a you know a score or two late that makes this look a lot closer than it was. Uh, but the the Steelers are a convincing win down in Houston. Yeah, I like that one a lot. You said 28-16. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go twenty-eight. Man, nah, I'm gonna get a little bit ballsier than that. Actually, I'm gonna Ooh. get a little ballsier than that. Okay. I'm gonna say that for the second time in Kenny Pickett's career, possibly the second time in Matt Canada's career. I don't really know the numbers here. They put up thirty plus points. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got a big week. Big week coming for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense on Noah's end here. I'm saying a dominant win down in Houston. 32-14. I'm saying that last touchdown comes in garbage time, and then it's just a smooth. At, at one point, like the Texans, I'm saying that the Texans have the ball at the end of the game, and it's just like a point where they're just like giving up. Like it's mm-hmm. just like, okay, we're just we're not even throwing the football anymore. It's over. 32-14, absolute blowout by the Pittsburgh Steelers. TJ Watt, double double sacks. Alex Highsmith finds the quarterback. I'm saying they push that 10 mark. Somebody comes up with a turnover somewhere. I don't know how it happens, but at least one of them. And Kenny Pickett balls out. I'm just, I'm feeling good about it. I think this is the game where come Monday morning, we're sitting here going, all right, it is like where, what's going to go on from here? How, how far can this team take this? I'm saying dominant win in Houston for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. You think on, on Monday, we're going to be talking up, you know, Oh, Oh, well, this was actually a good win. The Houston Texans are really good. So we need to, yeah, this is, that's, that's what we're going to be doing on Monday morning. I think you, I think you blow out the Texans big enough and you, uh, you got a real conversation on your hands about how meaningful it is. You know, I think, I think, a, I think a dominant performance is a statement no matter who you're playing, especially a team that has had some question marks on their offensive side. But I'm saying this is a, this is the one for Kenny Pickett and company and Matt Canada and everybody else on that offense without Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, this is a prove we don't need Jonathan Taylor type of game. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying right there. All right. With that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts and check out all of our work at allsteelers.com as the Pitt Panthers travel, travel, right, to Virginia yeah. Tech to face the Sandman in primetime again. That's right. Do they, do they do they play noon games, 3 o'clock games anymore? They're just, no. It's just 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Apparently not. People love their, their primetime <laughs> Panthers, apparently. That's what you say. When, when Pitt is, what are they, 1-3? and three? When yeah. Pitt is 1-3, and three, you, you put them in primetime. Well, let's think Virginia Tech stinks too. What are we doing, man? Like, who wants to watch this? What are we doing? Nobody, but they, but they decided that's what they're doing. As that game comes about, check out all that action at InsideThePanthers.com. Enjoy a beautiful weekend in the Berg. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Monday.